All right, welcome to the Your Money Hour podcast. I am your host, Cody Grady, and I want to welcome my guest, Walker Neer. He's a fellow podcaster from, I think, Kansas City area, I believe, Missouri area. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me, Dakota. Uh, I'm, I'm actually in Springfield, Missouri, which is the, the third biggest city in Missouri. You've got Kansas City and St. Louis. Uh, so you're you're basically right. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, awesome, awesome. So I met Walker via a friend of ours. I have a mutual friend, Carolyn Owens. She's also a podcaster. Her podcast is working with Carolyn, if I'm not mistaken. So she told me about Walker and looking for, he was looking for guests for his podcast. So I was a podcast guest on his show. Was it earlier this year? Is that right? Yeah, I think it was April or, or May, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, we got we got an episode out with you, and yeah, it's a great episode. People should go check it out. <laughs> cool, cool. So tell me a little about yourself and your podcast, and we talk about money too. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, well, like you said, my name is Walker Near. Um, I actually host a couple of podcasts. Uh, the one that you were a guest on is called the Walk Show. Uh, Walk Show is all one word. Um, but the walk show is just about exploring the walk of life. So I've had guests like yourself that are are more in the financial world. I've, I've had you. I had a guy come on and talk about uh, day trading. He trades uh, Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrencies and that kind of stuff. Um, I talked to another guy who this episode hasn't aired yet, but who actually started his own cryptocurrency. And so we kind of explored that. Uh, but I've had psychologists. I've had authors. Um, life coaches like Carolyn have been on the show. Uh, and then there's also, you know, I've had, I had a mom uh, that's a good friend of mine, but, but she happens to be a mom as well, uh, who came on and talked about um, what it was like going through an adoption process and what it's like being a, you know, she, she kind of walked away from a really high powered career to become a full-time mom and what that transition was like. So quite literally just anything and everything from the walk of life is, is what I try and bring in there. And, and that's what we're doing. So tell me, um, why did you start your yeah. podcast? Yeah, um, it, it honestly, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of at the behest of some friends. Uh, they kind of, I and I, 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 I say this as humbly as I can because I don't, <laughs> I don't do anything special. But people have told me that I have kind of a radio voice naturally. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't. I mean, I literally just talk. I, I'm not doing a, a voice or anything. Nor do I think it sounds magical or, or anything but um but people encourage me because i have kind of a voice and, and i like to talk i mean there's pictures of me starting at two years old standing on a table in front of my family telling stories um so i just i just enjoy talking to people and and uh, some friends encourage me and yeah i started it up and man it's been it's been an absolute joy uh, i mean case in point the reason i'm here right now is because i got to meet you right through my podcast through carolyn um but yeah, so it's just been it's just been a real great time talking to people and getting to meet people and, and get to talk to people about what it is they're passionate about because there are a lot of interesting stories out there with a lot of people who just don't happen to be famous, right? So, um, and I mean, I would talk to famous people too if they want to come on the show, but but I don't discriminate. So, <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So that's interesting how. You do have like a radio voice per se, or <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Have you done any voiceovers at all? No, I went on. There's a website called Fiverr, um, which hey, I don't know if your listeners know about this, but this this relates to money, right? There's a website called Fiverr where you can basically, if you've got some skill or talent that you want to that you want to freelance provide for folks, you can set your own price. Um, 
So I thought once I started a podcast, I was like, well, I'm going to head over to Fiverr and sign up to be a voiceover guy. Well, it turns out there's about 10 pages of voiceover guys already, and they all have kits and stuff put together that whereas i'm just like linking my podcast you know i don't, I don't have <laughs> i don't have real voiceover work um so so no i haven't got into that but but i i mean i'd be i'd be interested for sure i just don't really marketing is probably my weakest skill set across the board and uh i wasn't just really sure how to crack that in the voiceover space there <laughs> well maybe you can use fiber for marketing right right, right. right. Right, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I I should do that. That's a really good idea. <laughs> yes. And possibly maybe doing podcasts, not podcasts, but audiobooks could be an avenue as well. Mm, yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I've actually just started listening to audiobooks. I I had never listened to them. Uh, and then there's a guy named David Goggins who's. I guess you could call him a motivational speaker, but he's like a former Navy SEAL, and you know who he is? Yes, I heard of him, yes. Yeah, so I, I picked up his book and listened to that, and then there's another book called The One Thing, which is written by a guy named Gary Keller, who actually founded a realtor company, a brokerage firm here in my hometown. Um, but it's really a book about how to like set priorities and how to identify what what things you should really be committing your time to, because all of us constantly feel like we don't have enough time and the, the truth is there is enough time is the point the book argues at least is, as long as you understand how to prioritize things so um anyway both of those have been audiobooks and yeah i've been really impressed with it i can't believe i didn't start doing audiobooks sooner it's great so uh yeah maybe i'll see if i can do that too see i knew this was a great idea to come on your show i've got two <laughs> great ideas already there you go. i'm the there guest you go. so tell me <laughs> you say you mentioned you you have another podcast i think it's video games is that right yeah, correct. So that, the other show is called Pick Up Your Sticks, um, and it, I actually have a co-host on that one, a guy named Brett Lindley. Um, but Pick Up Your Sticks is is, is all about video games. Um, but instead of we do talk about news and reviews and, and current events, but we also talk about why gaming matters, uh, which might sound kind of corny. Um, the thing is, is that if you were to ask someone like, "Hey, what's your favorite movie?" or "Hey, what's your favorite book?" like we were just talking about it's pretty unlikely that someone would just say, I don't like movies, period, or there is no book for me. I don't like any book. Um, because everyone kind of understands that the mediums for, for movies and books are so huge and expansive that like, how could you possibly not, there, there's something for everyone. And I think video games, because it's a pretty new industry. I mean, when I was a kid, I, I was born in 83 for full disclosure, but so when I was a kid, you know, the, the Nintendo and the Sega Genesis and that, that sort of stuff was popular, but video games were kind of looked at like a toy, right? It was something for kids mostly. Um, and that was probably true until, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And now, I mean, you see gamers of all ages playing and, and the amount of time that we've had for game makers to create games has just kind of made it so that there's a game for everyone now. I mean, my mom hates video games, she would tell you with a straight face, and then sits on her phone and plays Scrabble with her friends all the time. You know, I mean, that's a video game, like you're exactly. doing. So, um, so anyway, so we try and just talk about why gaming matters to us and the emotional connection we have to it, which again, it's not overly mushy or sappy or something, but it's just like, it really does matter. It's just as valid as, as the reason that a, a movie affect someone in an emotional way a video game could do the same thing so see i grew up i'm 80 
I was born in 81. So I grew okay. up with Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Yeah. The Atari came out before I was born, I think. But right. We had the most, we had ridiculous game systems. For me, I stopped playing games because it's like a drug. It's like an addictive activity. <laughs> so I had my last game system I had was the PlayStation 2, and I sold it because. I stayed up all night long playing video games. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like a drug. So now, if I even play a game, it's like limited because I know I can become addicted to it. Right, yeah. No, that's a that's a real thing for sure. Uh, that's a real thing for sure. It, it definitely can uh, become over overwhelming. And and hey, you know what? I'm married. I'm not married, and I have no, and I've never been married and have no kids. And that may be because I never put that kind of restriction on myself, right? So I'm, I'm still here, <laughs> pressing the buttons. Well, honestly, I mean, honestly, that helped me to realize what I didn't want to do. Because although I enjoyed games, I wasn't the best game player, a gamer. Yeah. It really realized, showed me that that's not what I want in my life. Because if I were to stay playing video games. I wouldn't be where I am now talking to you on this podcast. Right, right. So that's me though. Everyone else is different. I used to have family members that game online and gaming is a big industry. I don't know the capitalization in terms of money, but just a big number because so many people game online and they love games. It's like an outlet for people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the numbers, so I won't cite a number, but it was somewhere like 10 years ago, maybe. Um, the video game industry passed the movie industry wow. for total revenue. But you got to figure, man, there's just so, I mean, because now you count cell phone games and all that, like we were just joking around with my mom and Scrabble or whatever, right? Or you've got all these little handheld devices, computers, every, like, you know, when I grew up, I remember when we got our first computer in the 90s, like that was a big deal. And like, I mean, I thank my mom on a somewhat regular basis for getting that computer because I think it set me up for the rest of my life to be comfortable with technology. But it wasn't, I mean, not every kid had that. But now, I mean, a lot of times they're giving computers to kids in school, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so just the, the, the availability of the platforms on which people can play games has spread so much that there's just a ton of places for people to, to play games now, even if it's only for 10 or 15 minutes on your phone. Again, it's you know still a video game, so. That's true, that's true. So, back to your other podcast, what has been the most Hmm. What story have you heard has impacted you the most from your podcast? I guess, guess. Yeah, man, it's been like, it's a, it's a tough question because um, I've had some guests, you know, like, and, and now I'm going to get all philosophical sounding and I, I don't mean to be pretentious sounding at all, but, and it's, it's not really that philosophical to be clear. I don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm deep or anything, but you know, I've had conversations, um, like I talked to this one lady and she talked about how, um, she's a life and relationship coach. And she talked about how kind of the, I don't even know what word to use. I don't know if you want to call it the magic of life. It's not the point of life at all, but it's, it's basically that like, maybe one of the hardest things to do in life is to understand that two things that seem opposite can exist at the same time. And 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 be be real at the same time so for example um and this is going to get way too heavy so i will back out of it quickly i promise but it's like 
like with death, right? Like with death, you might see that it's this ultimate pain because a loved one is now gone. And not initially, I'm not talking about right when it happens. There's a grieving and a mourning period, certainly. Uh, so I, I don't mean that that is not normal or healthy, it is. But then what happens as you start to come out the other side of that experience is that you recognize that the reason that it hurts so much when that loved one was lost is because of how much you loved him, right? So the only reason that there's this immense pain is because there's really also, at the same time, this immense joy, right? And both of those things are true at the same time because they really are gone and you can't change that. But you really did love them so much that it hurts now that they're gone, right? Like if you didn't care, then you wouldn't care when they were gone, right? Um, so like, and so she talked about how she found that kind of truth whenever she gave birth to her, her kid and, and then also when she watched her mother pass away that she kind of saw in both of those experiences a very similar kind of feeling for herself even though they're opposite feelings so i thought that was really interesting well then a few weeks later i'm talking to this author and i i share some i don't know if it was that story but i shared some similar sentiment with him because it's something that's just been on my mind and he tells me um the some quote and the, the quote and I don't remember who said the quote but the quote is that contradiction is the lever of transcendence which to me at least kind of meant like being able to hold or observe these contradicting ideas is what allows growth right it's what allows someone to, to, to move upward um, so I mean you know like that's all super crazy to me right like that's all super cool interesting stuff um, but I also did an episode with my sister, and you know this ties back to the death thing a little bit, but I did an episode with my sister where we talked about my dad. He passed away in 2004, so a really long time ago now, and I, we're, you know, I'm, I'm good with it, but, um, but yeah, I got to do a, an episode with her for an hour. We just celebrated his life and just talked about him and what he meant to us, and, and we did talk about his death and how we dealt with that. I mean, the podcast gave me that opportunity, right? Like that, Like how awesome that I have this recorded conversation with me and my sister for the rest of time now, right? Um, anyway, not like I said, I don't mean to be all philosophical sounding or too deep or heavy sounding or something. Again, not that I think I'm deep, but just um, I know the show is kind of light, but. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. No, I mean, because again, you're talking to people about life stories, about different walks of life, so it's different things. And death is a part of life, so is life. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, or, you know, the, the week that, um, the George Floyd was killed, I, I, I talked to this guy, coach Colin Thompson, who, um, is the black guy that actually was born in Toronto and lived there until he was like eight. And then he moved to Louisville, Kentucky and lived there until he was like 30. Well, lived in the U S until he was about 30. And then now he lives in Shanghai, China. Um, and I, I, we had scheduled the interview weeks in advance and I just, it just happened to be probably two or three days after George Floyd was killed. And it was so fascinating to talk to, to Coach Colin about not just his perspectives on being a black person in America, but really he had kind of a, a little bit of extra perspective because he had been in Canada and he, so he wasn't from here, right? Like, so he kind of learned some of the challenges that he faced here. And then when he gets to China, it's a whole different kind of kind of world and he gets to see so it was just really interesting perspectives i mean so i felt super humbled to be able to have that conversation with him especially at that moment in time um just because of all the stuff that was going on you know in the news with george floyd and all that it was really 
enlightening to have that perspective with coach Colin. Um, mm. Anyway, I don't mean to just gush about all my episodes, but yeah, man, there's, there's been some, there's been a lot. That's why it's just hard to pick a, a single moment. Cause man, some of these people have come on and given me some really, really cool moments. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> cool. I, I think we all have a story to share, whether we're yeah. famous or not, we all have a story to share. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, and I don't say this to flatter you, but I was really excited to have you come on because a lot of the topics I've been talking about obviously have to do with life coaching and personal development and self-help, but a topic that people don't want to talk about that's maybe maybe more important, but certainly as important as all those others is money, right? Um, so to then to have someone like yourself come on and just talk about the fundamentals of, of money and finance, like... I just, I hope the show is a resource to people to learn from. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, folks like yourself coming on and just giving that information to people to put that out there in an accessible way, it's awesome. Thank you, thank you. So let's talk about money then. Yeah. Off, off camera, you said you had some goals financially and you did yeah. budgeting. So talk about the budget part. How has budgeting impacted your life? Yeah. So, you know, budgeting it. So I used to be someone, um, that, that never budgeted and just looked at my, my checking account online. Right. And anyone who does that will know right along with me that the transactions don't always show up on time, like right <laughs> after they happened. Right. So then there was this problem where I'm like, I'm in my early twenties and I want to go out to the bar, but I don't actually know how much money I really have. So I guess, because in the end, I, I decide to go out, of course. And then the next week, when I look at my bank account, there's less money than I expected because I have an overdraft fee. Because it turns out I didn't have the money to cover it that night, but I I didn't, wasn't keeping track. So first thing I started doing was really not even, not even really worthy of calling it a budget. It was really more just like a check register. I just wasn't using checks. Everything was electronic mostly, but... Um, but so that's how I kind of started. And then, you know, now if I was talking to someone, which I mean, you're the expert, so I'm sure you have suggestions for people, but there's just so many tools out there now, like Mint and things like that. But back then I just had Microsoft Excel. So I just made a spreadsheet for myself and, and used that. Um, and then over the years, continued to use it. And, and, and But I had to update it every, every six months to a year, something would happen where I would either want to make a change or I needed to track something different. And because I had built the whole spreadsheet myself, I was having to start from start over every time. It's just a lot of manual work. So I decided finally that I should just use a software program that's already made for this where someone else has done all this work. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I actually use a program called You Need a Budget, um, but I don't know that it's any better than Mint or something like that. And, and You Need a Budget does cost. Um, but anyway, so I started using that. And, and again, it was more sophisticated than a check register, but it still, it was kind of a budget, but it was also kind of like, like a personal financial statement. Cause I was tracking, I was tracking all of my debts. Like I had credit card debts. And, and so it was constantly confusing me with my balances because there were negative balances everywhere. Cause the credit <laughs> cards have a negative balance ultimately. Um, and so then I decided um, that instead of, of looking at all of the negative balance, which was then hard to understand what the numbers were, that I was just really going to do budgeting, that I was really just gonna take my monthly income, and what are my monthly expenses, and track that out, and 
and you need a budget is cool because it'll it's it's very easy to be flexible. So if I say I need forty dollars for gas this month, and it turns out I only needed thirty, and I can take ten of that and move it somewhere else, then it's really easy to do that, right? Like it doesn't have to be set in concrete when you come up with the budget. Um, and then yeah, earlier this year, you know, I've been doing a lot of personal development stuff, and earlier this year kind of had. It's kind of epiphany moment and realized that um, my debt was something that I needed to, to, to really handle and really face. Um, and so I, I made this, this plan on a spreadsheet and tracked out month over month what my objectives are, what my goals are, and made it realistic and, and made it so that I still have savings and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, um, and I, I, well, I also did say to this to you that I, I haven't accomplished the goal in its entirety yet, so I don't want to share numbers or anything, but um, I'm on track so far over the last four months on my goal. Um, and, and budgeting is the reason that I was able to do that so easily because since I was in the habit of budgeting, when I finally understood what I really needed to do to, to, to tackle this problem with this debt, I already had the, the foundation there and I had the groundwork there. And now it was just a matter of going through and okay, let's redo these numbers and and now it makes sense. And yeah, it's been, I mean, I don't wanna say it's been easy cause it's not really the right word, but it hasn't required a lot of extra thought. Um, the budgeting and the foundation of budgeting made, made it easy to understand. And, and so then once I had a plan I believed in, it's just all just a matter of time now. That's the thing, a budget, well, I call it a money plan. Yep. If you, the plan, it's all it is, it's a plan. Right. You got the goal of getting out of debt, plan will give you that roadmap. Yep. At what point did you decide in your heart that you needed to get out of debt? Where, at what point? Like, help me understand that. It was, it was, it was earlier this summer. It was, it was, or maybe probably four months ago now. Um, it just, it hit me. Um, just clear as day that that was there was this thing that, that was I was constantly carrying around with me and it was debt um, and I hear I mean it's something I hear you talk about in your videos on social media and stuff like that that debt is the enemy debt is the thief and that debt um, is just it, it, it's it's more of a burden than I think we give it credit for sometimes mm. um, and for me you know where, where it had happened was I had fallen into a case where I've never missed a credit card payment, right? Like I have immaculate credit, um, but I've always carried the debt. So it was always manageable, right? Like I was always able to make the payments, but I always had the payments. <laughs> and I finally, it finally just one day, I was just like, no more, like no more. I'm not doing these payments anymore. I have to have a plan. I have to attack this. It has to be over. Uh, and honestly, I mean, I won't, I won't pretend that it was exclusively our conversation, but it was it was not too long after I had talked with you on the walk show and um, and really just thinking about it, thinking about money and thinking about finances a lot more. And again, you know, it's not even. I mean, I'm not wealthy, and and I don't think I'll be wealthy at the end of of this journey or whatever. It's honestly less about about wealth and more just about the mental security of not being afraid of carrying this debt around. You know what I mean, like there's all this stress with, with being employed and, and, and having an income, obviously everyone has it. And man, I mean, it's enough whenever you're, you're thinking about how am I paying rent, how are, or light bill or phone or whatever it is. And then when you've got all this extra bill collectors on top of that, like, man, it just makes it that much more stressful. 
So right, if people understood that, it's a burden. It's like carrying yes. a weight on your shoulders. Yes, she's like you said. You had the money to pay it, but you always had to pay me. You always yeah. had to pay me. It's like, what if you didn't have a pay me? How free could you be, right? Yes. Woo! Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, once you get that, it has to. Yeah, you have to have a head change and a heart change. Because if you yeah. don't, intellectually, you know, if you should get out of debt. But if you don't have a heart change, like you will be in debt. But until you have that heart change, you'll say, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being in debt. Tired of having a payment. Yeah. Tired of owing somebody money for stop on the job. Why not pay off a bit? Be less stressed out. Yep. It yep. Is. No. Absolutely, man. I think you're 100% correct. And I'm, I'm glad that you got it, Walker. I'm glad you got it. So now we got to get everyone else on board. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what you're out here doing, man. You're out here preaching the good word, man. Thank you. So before we close, I want to let you share about how people can find out about your podcast and want to connect with you on social media. So you got the floor. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Um, the easiest way is to, you know, on any podcast platform you use, whether it be Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, literally any of them, uh, if you just search for The Walk Show, and again, walk and show is, is combined into one word, um, you can find it there. Um, thewalkshowpodcast.com is my website, which that's pretty easy, but if, if you're already on a podcast player, you don't even have to do that. Um, but yeah, thewalkshowpodcast.com. And then I'm on Facebook at The Walk Show, um, Instagram at The Walk Show, Twitter at The Walk Show Pod. You can email me, walker at thewalkshowpodcast.com. Uh, and yeah, man, uh, I, you know, honestly, anyone that's interested in, in if they've got a story or, or a passion or something that they'd be interested in sharing, I'd be interested in hearing about it and maybe see if we could, you know, have you come on the show and talk about that. Um, or if you, you know, look through the show and, and see there's a walk of life that you don't think is represented on there. Then hit me up with that and I'll, I'll chase someone down that talks about that and we'll get them in there. So, um, yeah, but, but the walk show podcast, uh, is the name of it. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Walker. This is the Your Money Hour podcast. Check out Walker's podcast also on what platforms? Uh, again, you know, Apple, Spotify, Google podcast, Stitcher, uh, all of them are there. It's, it's, it's everywhere. So wherever you listen, you can find it. Cool. Well, thank you for your time, Walker. This is the Your Money Hour podcast. For sure, man. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir.